Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace. MemberSpace makes it easy to run a membership business by plugging into your existing website so you can protect any page content you choose. Your members can also sign up and manage their account without ever leaving your site. Learn more and start a free trial at memberspace.com. Welcome to Member Maker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Brian Olds, founder of Black Speakers Network, about building a community up before starting a membership, using social media to grow your audience, and how to use a survey to figure out your pricing. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. So what does your membership business do and uh, who does it help? Yeah. So Black Speakers Network, we're a membership-based speaker development, professional speaker development and training company. And so, you know, our overarching mission is to connect and inspire the next generation of Black professional speakers. And so, you know, we're really there to be the go-to resource for current and aspiring professional speakers. Very cool. So what made you even start this kind of in the first place? (laughs) Well, if you had met me 10 years ago, when it comes to things like public speaking, I was the guy that couldn't lead two people in silent prayer, let alone try to get in front of an audience and move them to anything. But, you know, that all changed when I joined an organization called Toastmasters back in college. And, you know, one of the things I learned from that experience is that, you know, I really enjoy being in front of the audience. But, you know, more importantly, you know, what I learned through that process, because when you join Toastmasters, you have an opportunity to speak, but you also kind of serve as mentors to, you know, other speakers along the way. And so one of the things that I realized is that if I could survive and thrive my first presentation, you know, I could do more. And I went on to start doing that and not only growing through the program, but, you know, I ended up in corporate America, started off in background in finance and then moved on to professional development and training. And, you know, through that process, Process, I realized that as much as I enjoy speaking, I also enjoy helping other speakers who, you know, may just have a message, but may not have the confidence or the skills to get in front of an audience and connect with the audience that they're called to serve. So I really want to do something to help bridge the gap there. And that's how we got started. So over 10 years ago. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what does it cost? Like what's the pricing strategy here? Yeah. So right now, and I put a strong caveat on this because this may be changing soon, but we've had our membership uh, for the past 18 months and currently it's $15 per month or $180 per year. Great. And where did that pricing come from? So that came from, you know, when we first rolled out. So, you know, I started the business in 2016. We didn't have really a revenue model at that point. We were really just trying to determine, number one, what space are we really going to serve in the marketplace and, you know, what value can we add to people? And so, you know, at the time when we launched, and this may tie into what we talk about later, you know, what we got focused on right away before even charging was, you know, building a community. And so at the time, we probably had a community of about 2,000 individuals, current, aspiring professional speakers. Some folks were further along, already started speaking. So we just sent out a survey, really just to gather feedback around, you know, what it is that people want and what they would pay for it. And one of the things we did with that survey is that, you know, we didn't even force rank it. We just left the open box to say, hey, how much we, we listed the things we were planning to offer and we said, hey, how much would you pay for this? And essentially we 
got a bunch of responses. Some people said zero. Some people said 100. You know, most people landed somewhere between the 10 to uh, $20 mark. So, you know, I took the rough average there and uh, that's what we decided to pilot with. Yeah, you're one of the first people, surprisingly, who's mentioned that they actually did a survey ahead of time. <laughs> it sounds like part of the reason, though, is, is you have the advantage and I guess the foresight of building an audience ahead of time, whereas a lot of folks who launch a membership business are just kind of starting from the ground floor, whereas you had people to actually ask a survey to in the first place. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's healthy, but you know, most people I would imagine have at least some sort of social media presence. But you know, I think the value in 2019, it's all about you know, or even beyond. You know, we're at a point where it's all about building community, especially as you're a speaker, and and a lot of it is a shift in mindset because the field of dreams mentality is like you know, if you build it, they will come. But I think the reality of of most businesses is you do need to build it and to attract people, but you also need to have a place to start. And so I was a big advocate of, you know, making sure that number one, let's start building relationships. Let's start to just insert myself into conversations where speakers hang out both online and offline, and then have that as a, as a platform to be able to start to add a little bit of value before I ask for anything. But then, you know, when it comes to switch from free to fee, Let's make sure that we're basing this off of what people actually want and need versus, you know, whatever I think is just worth in my mind. Right. So this kind of leads into the next question about how you kind of built up this audience, especially initially. So you said that you had a community of about 2000 people. So where did that come from? Take me back to when you had zero people in the community. How did you get the first the first few? Yeah. So social media, it's probably not a shocking answer, but you know, for us, it was the foundation. So a couple of different platforms. I mean, actually, initially we started on Twitter, believe it or not. And then, um, you know, Twitter isn't really a big play for us right now, but Twitter, when we first started was, uh, the easiest point of entry. And then, um, we, course started on Facebook and then eventually uh, went to Instagram. And so right now, you know, Instagram is our largest audience and we can jump into numbers in a minute, but, you know, it certainly started there. And uh, Facebook was really important for us because Facebook, of course, gives you the ability to create a Facebook group and also a business page. But from us, from an engagement perspective, and they don't, they both have different purposes, but, you know, for us, the group ended up being the most valuable. And I think Facebook is starting to realize that too. You know, all of these social media platforms have their own unique value prop as it relates to, you know, audience engagement. The algorithm is constantly changing and they're, they're pouring money into different things. So I pay attention to what the social media platforms are pushing and what they are um, trying to invest in long term. And, you know, one of the things I've seen Facebook really pay attention to and provide resources and really pump money into. I even saw like a, a traditional ad around Facebook groups um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, that that kind of blew me away. But it speaks to the fact that, you know, this is an area where they know that they can really increase engagement. For them, the name of the game is keeping eyeballs on the platform as long as possible and, and groups are very sticky. And so that was, that was our starting point. You know, that Facebook group initially was the place where we really wanted to be the home base for people to connect, but then really, you know, across the other social platforms as well, Instagram especially became the most valuable piece of the stack when it comes to awareness and how people initially hear about the brand. 
So just to kind of touch on the Facebook thing there, because I've asked other guests in the past this. So you mentioned they're constantly changing the algorithm. They're kind of constantly changing what things show up where in the feed for different people. Number one, does that concern you that you don't really have any control over that and that you're kind of always reacting to Facebook? And two, have you ever thought about kind of like a, a plan to get away from Facebook or migrate your members or your community somewhere else that you're not under Facebook's roof, if you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a constant. I mean, I think any digital marketer is thinking about that. Uh, I mean, the reality is, is, you know, these <laughs> I'm sure, you know, the folks in Silicon Valley, you know, every week they're trying to figure out how to optimize the platform. And so and I and we're trying to figure out the same thing, you know, how to best leverage it. And so it doesn't worry me because at the end of the day, there's always going to be a play where, you know, you kind of have to adapt to whatever the platforms are doing for us. You know, our goal is to start the relationship, to engage the relationship online and then get it offline or into like our community as quickly as possible. And so, you know, if you picture, you know, the funnel for us very much looks like awareness through social media. And then we want to get those individuals engaged onto an email list, you know, as quickly as possible or to a customer relationship management tool where we can begin to start to curate those leads and really help put some more definition around, you know, where they are as a speaker and start to qualify that lead and, you know, get them into eventual membership. But for us, we have a couple of different avatars that we work with. So it's like somebody finds BSN, they're probably a speaker, but they also could be a meeting planner or they could be an entrepreneur that provides services for speakers. And so regardless of the avatar, you know, we want to, as quick as possible, identify those individuals and get them, you know, onto our email list. And from there, you know, I really think that that is where the relationship is enhanced. And then social media kind of becomes an add-on versus a um, end-all be-all. Gotcha. And just a real quick side note there for, for folks that aren't aware, an avatar, I believe, is kind of like a user persona or like a like a profile of a potential customer, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's very important, I think, to identify that early on because, you know, for us, I mean, it's, it's billions of people on Facebook now. And I mean, you'll go broke trying to target everybody. And so it's really about trying to carve out exactly from a demographic perspective, who are the people that you want to attract for your products and services and ultimately your membership here? Right. Okay. So with all the experience you've had so far, you've, you've been at this for a while, you've been successful. What would you say is, is like the number one most effective strategy that, that listeners could get from you in terms of building a membership and what they could learn from you? Yeah. So, you know, jumping back to, you know, I mentioned earlier that Instagram has kind of skyrocketed at as our number one platform. I think that one of the reasons for that is that you really have to pay attention to where your audience lives on social media. Uh, for us, I think Instagram made a lot of sense. Um, LinkedIn is, is starting to emerge as another one for us. But, you know, I think for us, what's been by far the most effective mechanism is having some sort of automation in place where once somebody hits your site and once somebody visited your posts or they start to follow you, then we want to make sure that we're able to engage with that. You can call it prospect, lead for us, you know, as potential member, whoever they are, you want to engage as quickly as possible. And so for us, I think the biggest thing has been, you know, just making sure that even back when we we're on Twitter, we leveraged some sort of tool to ensure that we are sending a message right away. So that might look something like, like if you follow me, it's like, 
hey, thank you so much for following Black Speakers Network. You know, our mission, as you may know, is to equip, connect, and inspire the next generation of speakers, of Black speakers. If you want to learn more, you know, here's our website. And folks will click on the website. And then from there, they're getting like the free opt-in offer and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I really think that that's the most important piece because, you know, honestly, what tends to happen is, you know, we have all these social media followers. And to your point earlier, well, it doesn't matter if you have 10, 15, 20,000 followers, something happens to social media and you lose all those people, then, you know, it really doesn't mean anything. So for us, you know, that automation piece has been the the most effective way to get them offline to onto an email list that we can control. Right. Yeah. Email list is kind of the standard, uh, you know, that I, that I believe in that a lot of, a lot of our uh, guests have also agreed with that getting people onto an email list, you'll always control the email list. You know, you can always change providers as far as who's sending the emails on your behalf, but the list itself, that is valuable. And, and that's always yours. Whereas that's not true when it comes to social media and your various followers. So yeah, based on what you had said, it sounds like I could summarize it as engage as soon as possible. So in terms of what you were doing, were you manually replying to people on Twitter and sending them a message or on Instagram, or was that automated in some way? Yeah, that was automated. So there are a few apps that will allow you to do that. One of the ones that we use right now is called Marketing Assistant. That's an app that um, you can download from your Google Play Store or uh, Apple. And, and what that basically allows you to do is kind of automate the process. Now, one thing I do want to say about this is that, you know, all of these platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they all have different rules as it relates to their API and how you're able to use it. And most of them frown on, as you can imagine, you know, with the proliferation of just like spam and bots and everything like that, they really want to make sure that you're using these tools, these third-party apps in a really responsible way. That being said, they are a phenomenal resource. Like there is no way I would have the, the physical bandwidth to sit down and, you know, reply to all these individuals every day, even with the help of a virtual assistant. And we employ a, a full-time social media manager, but, you know, her role isn't to reply to these DMs. Initially, uh, we have that automated. And so, I would say, you know, just find a, and there, there are a bunch of tools that I don't even know if it makes sense to get into the weeds on that, but, you know, there are a lot of tools out there that will allow you, you know, to at a minimum ensure that you have some type of direct message in place. And for us, what triggers that direct message is when someone follows us. So for Instagram, just to keep it simple, somebody follows us for the first time, you know, within the first hour of them following us, this DM automation is going in. And so they're getting uh, hey, welcome. Thank you so much for following. You know, if you have more questions, click here to learn more about Black Speakers Network. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So uh, in closing here, Brian, were there any kind of resources you'd recommend to folks, uh, you know, aside from your website, which we'll get to in a second, but, you know, books, podcasts, courses, anything like that you think listeners could benefit from in terms of building their own membership site? Yeah, there are a few, actually. And so uh, the one I love the most is the, well, one thing I realized is that Sometimes the mindset that we approach to um, some of these things is a little off. And so to get me grounded, one of the books that I continue to go back to is uh, The Personal MBA, and that's by Josh Kaufman. 
that book is phenomenal, especially, you know, if you don't have a background in business and you may be, you know, launching a membership site or, you know, coming from a different industry and you're having to really scale up quickly on all of these different hats that we're wearing. It really does a good job of laying the foundation of just being an entrepreneur and the multiple hats that you're wearing, because every day, you know, we're wearing a sales hat, we're wearing an operations hat, we're wearing an accounting and finance hat, we're wearing a um, innovations and CEO hat. <laughs> so I think that book has been probably the most helpful book that I can uh, think of as it relates to just overall general business resources. And then the other book is A Lean Startup by Eric Rice, I believe is his name, R-I-E-S. Uh, the Lean Startup is amazing. And I'm a big audiobook guy. So, you know, I, I listen to, you know, both of those on Audible. But I think the great thing about the Lean Startup is that, you know, oftentimes, especially as we're st talking about starting something like a membership site, right? You know, you asked earlier about doing a survey and getting feedback before we launch. Oftentimes we get so... We, we get in our own way. And I think we get this notion that, you know, we have to have things perfect in order to execute. And what the Lean Startup talks about is, you know, it creates a model where, you know, you want to, as quick as possible, get to a minimum viable offer. You know, just because you launch a membership site doesn't mean it's going to be in its final iteration. Like I'm telling you right now, the <laughs> that's the that's why I put the caveat on the, the number, the $15 a month membership that we have, because, you know, that's about to evolve. And, you know, if we do this again in a year, our service and our mission will be the same, but the way we get there um, is going to continue to evolve. And so, you know, don't be afraid to execute on what you know now. Like if you can create a minimum viable product or offer and continuously get feedback, you know, that's the name of the game. And so the Lean Startup really helps with mindset uh, around that. And I think the personal MBA helps to fill in the gaps for the other areas of business, uh, especially if you're not coming from a business background. Great. Uh, and how can people learn more about you and your business, Brian? Yeah, folks can certainly follow us. Uh, we're Black Speakers Network on everything. Instagram, of course, Facebook. Uh, the number one way is to visit us online at blackspeakersnetwork.com, as well as um, if folks want to reach out to me directly, they can feel free to do so. Drop me an email at brianjolds at blackspeakersnetwork.com, and I'll be happy to help. Great. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. There's a direct link in the show notes. We really appreciate it. Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace. MemberSpace makes it easy to run a membership business by plugging into your existing website so you can protect any page content you choose. Your members can also sign up and manage their account without ever leaving your site. Learn more and start a free trial at memberspace.com.